I realize your guys' show is for the lore, which seems like it actually for the lore, and it almost <laughs> works. You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Joining Roger is Joe, writer from WoW Insider and World of Maticus, and Vince from Massive Nerd. Hello and welcome to For the Lord. This is Roger coming to you on Monday, April 16th. And uh, we're going to start off right away talking about what's going on in the Old Republic right now. Because obviously 1.2 dropped, but also starting on Sunday, Bioware dropped their first live event. Which is kind of pretty awesome that we're going to start seeing these now um, regularly in the game. Now, before we get into the live event, though, with uh, 1.2 having dropped uh, now and been out for a week kind of thing, what uh, what have you been thinking about events? I am just loving it. Like, the, the UI customization. I, we were talking about this the other night. Like, I spent probably an hour straight doing nothing but that, and I think I've, I've moved something around every five minutes since then. <laughs> Yeah, I honestly, it is one of those things where I have, I've had a lot of fun with the um, the UI customization because it's just been, I you know it's it's one of those things where when I play. Um, uh, any other MMO kind of thing, especially the obvious one is obviously WoW kind of thing. So whenever I'm I'm playing WoW, I just I refuse to use the um, the custom UI. I just, or sorry, the the default UI. I I I've been using a, a my own UI since forever. And case in point, even when I just reactivated for those seven days when Joe gave me that uh, scroll resurrection there, I immediately went out looking for UI packs to change it to, to customize it because I, I absolutely abhor the custom or the default UI for, for WoW. And the same goes for a lot of games. Now, Star Wars is, I didn't mind as much, but being given the chance to um, to make it exactly what I want, especially with those damn quick bars. Put them all on the bottom where they belong. And so, like, immediately, as soon as it came out, that's the first thing that I worked on, which takes a bloody long time to get it exactly how you want, and then to put all of your icons back, and then to set up all your key bindings again. It takes a while. But honestly, I'm already at the point where, had I been playing on the public test server for this, I would not have wanted to go back to the live realm to play without this. I'm that used to it already. I absolutely love it. It makes all the difference in the world. And no lie, it actually got to a point where I pulled out a ruler making sure everything was perfectly centered. <laughs> I had a piece of paper. I had my piece of paper up against the screen so that I had a, a, a straight line so I can tell. And then I was measuring. I was actually, what I was using is uh, I was using other UI elements as a guide within. And then I'd put that in kind of thing. So I've got my, uh, my DPS um, UI set up and then I've got a healer UI set up. I've actually got two UIs for healers and this is where the strength of this setup comes into yeah. play as well because I've got two healer uh, UIs now. I've got one where it's going to be a small party and then something where it's bigger because I, I actually put the ops frame in between at the very bottom in between the, the bars so that my bars are on either the left and the right side and so Literally, it's just a click of a freaking button. Boom, switch to this, so switch to this. Like, it's a joke. I, I didn't even know about that little button at first. Like When my girlfriend was setting up hers, looking directly at mine, <laughs> it, like, I just, she clicked that button. I was like, oh, what's that button? Oh, that's awesome. 
<laughs> the only thing I have to do now is the, the and I would suggest this for people too, if you are setting up your um, your UI and say you have a, um, a class that can do both, whether it's healing and DPS or DPS and tanking and you want to have the different UI setups or whatever, um, what you want to do is make sure that if you are changing the alignment of your bars, and by that I mean you have like a 3x4 versus a 4x3, you want to make sure that you have the same setup for both of them because otherwise it kind of mucks up your your icons where your your, your spells are and then as well your, your key bindings are kind of out of whack as well but if you can set both of those up the same then it's literally a click a button boom if you're anticipating you're going to be mainly just healing yourself and your companion you don't need to have the ops bar showing or anything like that it's all I, bars all the time. Yeah. You know what? I actually love it too because you can I've got it set up that I don't have the cover bar showing anymore. It's it's always the same thing. So mm-hmm. none of this having to wander wonder where everything is and all that because it's really a pain in the ass with the cover bar for your smuggler and for your imperial agents, uh, of which I have one of each. It's such a pain in the ass, and especially oh, yeah, trying bar. to fix everything in there. Now again, I've got all my bars at the bottom. I've got a ton of space. Although uh, truth be told, I could still use. Uh, and one more bar there's that many different spells and all that but uh but yeah no that's that's probably for me the biggest seller in 1.2 is just just that right now that and and speeders and spaceports (laughs) (laughs) that that was worth the price of admission right there i've been customizing the hell out of mine already too like i re i got back in and first thing i did was resize everything yes i did thank you um, but it was like, I have to freaking put the guild back in your name. Yeah, but feel free. It's active. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I'm one of those people that I use hotkeys for everything. Very, very seldom do I use bars. So I have one bar, very, very small, like very unobtrusive on the screen, and everything else is hotkeys, which makes me very, very happy because now I actually have ton of real estate to see everything and really enjoy those lovely new graphics. Because, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the fact that they now allow us to see high texture quality um, outfits. Which I thought wasn't possible. Yeah, really. Well, they made it work. Well, Well, what they also did is they set it up so that you can dictate (laughs) how many people you want to appear around you. So that's how they kind of wiggle that around. So I've been messing around with that to change how many I want appearing next to me, whether I'm on the computer or on my laptop kind of thing. And uh, and even showing a bunch, I'm I'm not noticing, at least on my systems, any real lag. And it looks far better, far better. Even so that's what my looks armor more. looks like. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> no more looks like Also bringing back the, uh, the binding option for the colors. That's mm-hmm. and, and I like how Very they did good. it, how you, how you can toggle it on and off per piece. Because, yeah, sometimes walking around as that olive green uh, agent doesn't look that good. Okay, you know what? That's something that I actually haven't even played with yet. I, that's not, again, I've been so busy with the live event, I didn't even play with that yet. Oh, I'm I'm loving it. Like being able to customize the color and the armor is like a nifty little cookie. Um, but like I don't think it was possible. Like the high res armor, I think actually for me makes environments look better too, because it looks more heroic almost when you're on the like the backdrop. I think it's on just your, that your it, character. I, I think it's just know, like, that I was it fits. in the shiny bounty hunter gear with gold helmet and everything, looking all like fat and badass, and <laughs> the backdrop of Hoth, and it just looked awesome. It was very, very pleased. Yeah, I actually have been leveling my uh, my Imperial Agent more, and because I'm dying to get freaking Scorpio, I it's my last companion to get on him, and I've been enjoying the quest line for the Imperial Agent so much, and I'm at the point now where I'm actually questing, and she's trying to kill me and, she, <laughs> and my team, and it's at, at, awesome. At, I'm it, it's months later. Give me a break. So I'm level ten. Jesus Christ. So I guess you're not going to be helping me is what you're saying. <laughs> I'll take that as a no. All right. Um, other than that, 1.2, what else have you guys been feeling? 
I'm I'm actually digging at least the the beginnings what we're seeing with the legacy stuff going on. Like as you can tell from my feature this week, I'm enamored with that family tree and just the way you could set up the uh, the relationships. The relationships, and I I think they they do need to go farther. Like you can tell, there's a lot of real estate on that family tree, far more than you would ever need with simply eight characters. So from what we've heard about them putting in uh, companions and even other playable characters, uh, other people, actual people, it's def- you can tell it's definitely in the works just because there's nothing you could ever do with your family tree that would need that much space. I, I One thing I would like, though, is to be able to do like multiple links between two characters. Like, for example, my Jedi Knight is an ally to my trooper. I would also like to make him a rival to my Sith warrior, but I can't do that with the current system. So it needs a little bit of tweaking, but it, it's just one of those completely minor and things that half the player base probably isn't even going to look at. It's at this point, nothing more than a UI element, but I just, I love it. I kind of played around with it a little, albeit not too much. I found it was a little too clunky in terms of moving things, setting things up the way that I want and whatnot. I mean, something as simple as setting up a father and three kids kind of thing, uh, just to shuffle the kids in order of their ages became a pain in the ass of, oh, I got to do it this way, not just grab, move, there it is kind of thing. And then I found that when I was setting up some um, some other stuff on, on our realm where I was trying to say, okay, well, let's just kind of shove them all in there and see what we can do and all that and setting up uh, rivals and things like that. And you, you wind up with just this long line that's longer than the screen kind of thing so you don't even see everything you got to move it around and then there's no real way to kind of position everything around i'd like to see it where you could really mess around more with it like a whiteboard and just kind of put stuff where you want put your arrows Mm -hmm. and i would i would much prefer something like that and then the obvious like you said too being able to slap your companions and slap other people and and things like that i i really want to be able to do that That, because it is it is still fun i do like it and then the uh, one of the other things, it's, again, a simple thing, and maybe a lot of people wouldn't even think of it, but being able to now mail cross-faction yes. is, because I was, dude, I was going to the freaking Narshada, um, how to uh, Galactic Trade Net, uh, Network to do that. Yep, and the, I old, the old way we used it, to do it in, and, uh, in Warcraft with the yeah, Neutral Auction House. Yeah, and Same it's way you had to do it back terrible, in uh, Star Wars. Terrible, cross-faction terrible. mailing. Yeah, that's that's actually really damn good. Well, the thing, what it does is it opens up so much of your crew skills because now you don't have to have if you play both sides on one realm, which we we do on on the on our main realm, um, you don't have to have say a cybertech on both sides. You don't yeah. have to buy a biochem on both sides. You can just have your your one for each profession that then supplies both sides and then the rest of them can just be gatherers. So in that regard, it's it's absolutely fantastic and it's so much easier just to mail shit off. I, I loved it. Have either, have either of you guys redeemed that legacy item yet? I've went and looked at no. them and kind of laughed. It's not really worth it. It's well, something you'll on lo- your level out- fifty, right? <laughs> well, no, even on a lower level. I mean, yeah. you'll you're gonna out- I, level I, that. In I mailed it of a to my of- sniper, but I haven't actually gotten a drum and cast actually traded in yet. Right. I just find that I again I looked at them all, and that's something that I was reading too. A lot of people were saying like because it doesn't level up with you, you're literally only going to have this weapon or whatever it is, for a couple of levels. Which, depending on the level that you get it at, you're talking a matter of hours in some cases. So it's really not even worth it. So... But I, I think it's nifty how they're talking about how, you know, they'll they'll be random drops throughout the world. So maybe you'll get something that'll be useful for a significant amount of time. Yeah. But then the other thing, too, to keep in mind is that that then becomes something that takes up storage space somewhere. So if you pick up a whole bunch of these, you were saying... What? As I've said before in so many games, um, I, I travel light, so storage space isn't an option for me. Well, or, I'm, as a concern, <laughs> a at concern. least. See, that is for me, damn it. I do a lot of gathering. because you save everything. Well, no, if you're doing gathering and stuff and you're keeping I'm gonna be on a, I'm going to be on the, the episode of MMO Hoarders. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, what do you let, need all this cabbage for? 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. And cheese well, rolls. Well, it's my cabbage. Um, you hell to get it. Let's talk about the live event that started on Sunday. Uh, Stephen Reed on either Tuesday or, fr- or sorry, Thursday or Friday. I can't remember. Friday. Was saying on Twitter Friday, that. That's when uh, you told, uh, told me and Renee. Yeah, you want to make sure to be on playing on Sunday morning because they didn't say why and sure enough we found out that it's because the first live event that they were planning um, started now just to recap on that too they had said that they're not planning on doing events like are done in a lot of other MMOs again going back to WoW where you have every year you have the same holiday events and all that what they want to do are dynamic events that happen and then it's done so what this one is is that a ship has crashed on Tatooine and it is carrying people who are infected with the Rakgul virus. So once you go to Tatooine, you see that there are these <laughs> these television monitors that play videos for you that are kind of funny, um, telling you about the Rakgul virus and what's going and that you have permission, everybody has permission, if somebody is infected, to shoot and kill <laughs> on sight. And they will. They'll kill you if they get a chance. Um, from there, even within Mosilla, you see um, like some crashed uh parts of a ship and things like that and if you, yeah. if you if you actually activate there's two of those and then the tv set you get a buff that allows you to get a quest in Mosilla by the speeder where you can actually then get a whole bunch of uh, 12 of them various bits of debris scattered throughout the dune sea as well as some other areas in tatooine and if you collect them all then you can actually get yourself a mini pet and it's a little red rat ghoul um he, he looks very much like my mini diablo and wow actually that's what he reminds <laughs> me of um and so i actually worked on that it takes a hell of a long time and you're going to be seeing a lot of tatooine speedering around but if you make your way to the dune sea to the upper northeast corner you're going to see where the crash occurred and you're going to see a lot of infected people as well as actual rat ghouls because they've been infected too long and whatnot and it's a very very cool event because of just how dynamic it is as well and by that i mean if you show up on your level 30 you're going to be fighting the the initial mobs that are there are the mobs at your level that you would expect in tatooine so they're mid to high 20s but then as soon as you ping them all of a sudden others pop up around them to defend them and to fight you and those are at your level so when I went on my level 50, I was level fighting level 50s and level 50 elites. So they made it so that anybody can enjoy this event regardless of your level. And that is phenomenal. It's unheard of. I, I absolutely... <laughs> it's either level one or level cap. <laughs> yeah, so this is... They've got a leg up on everybody else in this regard because, again... I, I, when I went every time, I, I went yesterday and I did it on three characters and then today I did it on two. And it's one of those where you see all kinds of levels there. And then, of course, there's tons of PvP as well. Although a lot of people were also, um, even if they were flagged, not not fighting, they were working together in some cases, so that was nice. Um, of course, again, there was still some griefing, but I didn't find it as bad as, as other events. People were just having fun. And then what also happens is that you can get infected yourself. Now, you can get virus, uh, uh, a vaccine to so that you don't get infected, but in this case, you do want to get infected because there are stages. First, you're going to just have nausea. Then you're going to have these glowing eyes and mist coming off of you which is kind of awesome in and of itself makes for great screenshots and then at some random point you're going to blow up and then you're going to infect people around you mm. so and if you infect 10 people you get uh, an achievement and you get uh, a reward as well but the best thing is is that when you blow up you get five of the rack ghoul dna samples those are the tokens that you are using to purchase things from this event. Now, from completing the dailies, which at present there are now three, they actually introduced another one today, which kind of has me excited for the rest of the event as well, because if they're going to be enter, uh, adding events as the event 
keeps going on or adding dailies, that's going to make it fresh and fun and allow you to get more and more lore out of it to find out what actually happened. So that's kind of freaking cool. And so um, you're you're fighting the rat ghouls, then it, it progresses from there where you're getting various informations from security officers who got infected, and then you're fighting the captain kind of thing. You are, again, the kill and gathering various things. Then you take off to another zone where you take the blood samples that you got in the first area, and then you can make either something to cure the sand people who have gotten infected or Shh. cause them to go all rat ghoul. So, Luck single file now, yeah. sand people. <laughs> so you got your good, your positive light side and dark side choices, and it gives you 50 points either side kind of thing. So again, this event is going to allow people to gain those points, which is awesome because I'm like just freaking close to dark five so that I can unlock it in legacy as well. <laughs> um, and so then you go and you go after the sand people. And initially when I was there, I was thinking, okay, here's yet another example of there's not enough mobs for an event. And then I realized, oh shit, no. There's a ton. That corner where it takes place, there's sand people everywhere. There's the great banthas, everything. There's tons and tons. So in the two days that I've been doing this, I've experienced very little uh, problems in terms of getting my hands on mobs. So, and, and it's been pretty full too. So then you're, you're either curing or destroying the, the sand people. You're attacking those creatures in those zones that are infected. You're inspecting various tapestries that they have. You're going after their shaman as well kind of thing. And then the one that was introduced today was the um, uh, recovering various escape pods. But then when you open the escape pods, the people that are inside have been infected infected so you got to put them down so again it's 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 not like amazing in-depth lore at this point but it's not supposed to be this is just hey something happened fix it check it out and there's like news reports in different places that are playing telling you about it if you just if you're infected and you take your ship to go to the imperial fleet uh, or republic fleet they will attack your ass because they're trying to control it. <laughs> Granted, they're not the highest level, so you can actually kill them. What's happening, though, is that, and I would assume they thought of this beforehand, but who knows. What's happening is that, again, people know that you get um, you get a lot of these DNA samples just from being infected. So what's happening is that people are porting into the Republic fleet, and in that space where you port in is now full 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 of people and they just keep blowing up among around each other <laughs> so that they keep infecting each other and then you basically don't have to do much just revive yourself when you die boom there's another five just wait around and do that so that's a little cheat that some people have been doing and then the rewards are you can either buy um crystals color crystals which are black with an inside green which basically look almost exactly like the naga crystals from the mouse the people who bought those and they're good they're they're quite good they're epic quality crystals for level either 31s or 50s and then there's a mini rack ghoul that you can buy not the little red one that you can get for free but a, another one uh, that has like the white and gray and blue colors kind of thing so you can get him for 20 dna samples and or no sorry 60 and then there's a, a, a mystery companion skin that you can get and what that is is for every class one human in that companion that you would have has a rack ghoul infested skin oh please oh, be talos nice. so please be talos um <laughs> So you can get that for your companion. And they are bind on legacy, so you can trade them on your server to your other characters. Uh, but it's only the human ones. So you see a lot of the Corso ones and things like that. So they're they're partially infected. So a lot of people are working towards those. So I could have sold off all of my DNA samples yesterday. People were offering upwards of 30,000 per sample last Jesus. night. Um, but I was thinking, you know what? Money comes fairly easily in the game. Overall, this is going to be a limited event. Better to actually hang on to them and buy a, I want at least two crystals for my, my bounty hunter because he's a healer. So the green will kind of look kind of cool. So I want that for each of his guns. After that, don't really care as much, even though, yeah, they're good crystals, but 
it's not a huge deal. But what I also want is I want to get a bunch of those companion ones because I would love to have, you know, all my humanoids, all my humans to actually be infected with this virus. I mean, the, the event is not done yet. So who knows where it's going to go? We don't even know how long it's going to last for. But so far, even two days in, I'm digging it. I'm having fun. It's it's really quite cool. Plus, the experience has been actually really good. And then you're getting some other things too, like the world boss in the Outlaws Den, the Big Bantha, is now infected. So you got to be careful. <laughs> and we went and we fought him today. It took us three tries. And we had a full ops group. And we took him down on the third try. But you had to be careful because he was infected. So he was in also infecting people and stuff. And, and uh, it made it a lot trickier. But there's, it's, I love how it, it's now, the infection is spreading. It makes me think of when they had that virus in WoW that went a little too ballistic. And everybody was getting infected. <laughs> oh, the Zulaman yeah. virus? So... This here is they're saying like they're they're trying to contain it. So I'm curious how story wise, lore wise, they're actually going to be able to rationalize containing it because it's spreading like wildfire. <laughs> I actually think that's kind of cool too. That's that it's so tied in with the story too, especially with uh, all the uh, the dungeons or the flashpoints. That they've been doing doing with the rise of the Rackwool. This is just cool as hell. See, nobody had actually told me about it. So Sunday morning, I'm putzing around with my agent. You know, I finished up uh, Huda, head off to the Imperial Fleet. You know, I'm running around doing my stuff, and I hear that news broadcast. Yeah. I was like, huh, that's different. Yeah, all right, whatever. And then when I was running around, I saw the the little news terminal was actually lit up. I was like, man, I can never click on this before. And the whole news broadcast started up. I was like, this is the coolest fucking thing ever. <laughs> So did you actually make your way to Tatooine yet? Not yet. I haven't. Right. I, my only character I can take there right now is my uh, Inquisitor, and I haven't been on him since the event started. Okay. Well, if you want to do it later, I still have to do it on my uh, my um, Bounty Hunter. So I'm going to be heading over there later to do it because I've got it done on my other two higher characters. I would love to do it also on my uh my smuggler to get it but again it it by the time you do everything it actually takes a little while to do all of the the dailies especially again on three characters it takes a little while this is not an hour and you're done and especially because you are driving around all over the place and because of the cool down on your port as well that has an impact on how often you can port so it is taking a little while but it again it's fun to do it and i'm really looking forward to seeing where they're going to go with it as well Okay, sticking with Bioware, um, going back to PAX again, one of the things that we found out from PAX, although this was um, right towards the end of PAX that we found out about it, was there was a fantastic, just, I thought it was phenomenal interview. Yeah, I was impressed. Regarding Dragon Age, the quote unquote, the potential of a Dragon Age 3. I'll let you take this, Vince. Well, not technically talking about Dragon Age 3. <laughs> they, they made it a very important oh, point yeah. throughout the entire panel that they were not talking about Dragon Age 3, just a hypothetical situation possibly tied into the Dragon Age universe, which it was just hilarious. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but we had you know a lot of the design team up there talking about you know how aware they are of their shortcomings with Dragon Age 2. And at, once they announced Dragon Age 2 was done, yeah, they put up this forum post, got like, what was it, like 3,000 replies in a matter of days. And they, they popped up all the things people were talking about, but it all came back to three things. Stop reusing levels, <laughs> choices that matter, and proper equipment for your followers. Uh, stop reusing levels, they, they kind of got the hint there. Same thing with choices that matter. And then we talked, was it a few months ago, about how they were dealing with uh, the equipment on your followers. And I, I really like their explanation of they don't want every piece of armor just to be generic. You know, you put this breastplate on this character and it looks identical to that character. They want each character to actually have their own unique look and style. And I really respect that for them. Like it, it, It's... It's a design choice that they didn't take the time to put into you know, the Dragon Age 2. And in Dragon Age 1, they want just more the generic feel. So this is them showing that they're learning and evolving as they're going. Well, what I liked too was just the explanation of why as well. Because, in all honesty, initially I'm thinking 
when when I, he was talking about it, I'm thinking, yeah, but the 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 chess piece would look the same because mm-hmm. if you're thinking of it in a, a realistic manner, then you know if I hand you my jacket and you put it on, the jacket's still going to look the same even though you look different. And so in that regard, it was like, eh. but then when he was saying how the, one of the the reasons for the the defined look per character is so that you can easily recognize them on the field of battle and be able to tell oh that's you're not shooting so-and-so. your death teammate. yeah dude yeah tell me about it <laughs> i shoot you in the head you're just lucky you're protected buddy <laughs> we're not talking about mass effect go on all right uh, other stuff they were talking about and of course this had to be like the greatest tease of all time when they were showing off the character models they said okay here's a gray warden and here's a seeker uh what's her name from dragon age 2 i don't care but just that little tease of quite possibly you know that type of character interaction coming into dragon age 3 the crowd went freaking nuts with that one well that crowd I was went freaking primed. nuts when i saw that too you kidding me that's an <laughs> awesome possibility yeah yeah it, it was cool and, and going back to the office too it was very cool seeing how they plan on implementing it as well when he was showing the pictures of how they would look with various pieces of, of armor on them at least it still maintains a very heroic appearance and i mean that's that's what these games are all about yeah and beyond that also uh, color customization or even material Patterns, designs uh, that you can really get your characters to look the way you want them to look that's a nice touch that was incredible. And then the one last thing I, I got out of this was they were talking about a possible future setting for a possible future Dragon Age yeah. game. <laughs> and they said that possibly somewhere French, which of course Orlais. means Orlais. Now, on one hand, that's cool because Orlais is you know a very important city in the Dragon Age lore. On the other hand, I can only take those accents in bite-sized chunks. The French accent you do not like. <laughs> no, the Orlesian accent is not a French accent. That is, it, it's it's harsh. As much as I hate French accents, I hate Orlesian accents even more. You bastard, you. <laughs> He's going to do the rest of the show like that now. You not come to my house, drink my beer, speak about French He's like that. rock zili pear. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I would like to see it as long as they were actually dedicated enough to being accurate that whether it is accents or actual French with subtitles so that I would it be okay is with accurate. That. What kills me is that, um, case in point, we were just watching a, a movie. We watch Hugo. And, I mean, it takes place in France, but everybody has a British accent. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, Jesus, come on. Like, and, and that's something that I would like to see in games, too. I would like people to be accurate to where the game is supposed to be taking place. And so if that means subtitles, do it. We're not afraid of reading. Well, most of us. Well, I, I don't am, know. Hoogs, Hoogs might be afraid Hoogs of Hoogs would freak the hell out. But, I mean, who yeah, the Hoogs would be what? banned from the game anyway. Probably. He's already banned from Bioware. It's Bioware. They'll just remove they him don't from, like from, from every logging in. All right. Anything else you saw that you wanted to talk about? Not particularly. That's it. Yeah, Joe. Good. Yeah. I'm just damn excited for it. Come on. Yeah. If, if they can bring, if bring those expectations le- down a couple. Yeah, really. Times. If they've I learned a thing or two. I, I, I love Dragon Age so much. I really, really do. Uh, I just I do. <laughs> I, I love the I love the IP. I love it. I just want I want goodness to come out of it. I agree. I agree. I love the IP as well. I I love the comic books. I love the books. Um. I really wish that they would have had more time to actually speak to David Gator because he was in the yes. panel as well. It would have been nice to hear what he is thinking and whatnot. Granted, I mean, they're not really allowed to talk much about what's what's happening. But I would think that, again, they, they've learned a thing or two now about, obviously, what did not work with 2. And now they're seeing, you know, what did not work with Mass Effect 3 and things like that so apply all of that to dragon age 3 and let's see something stellar let's see something that's just going to blow our socks off uh let's move on to borderlands 2 because there was another bit of news that came at the tail end of pax as well for borderlands 2 and that was the potential of a day one dlc character that they might put out the Macromancer. Dude, this was freaking awesome when I saw. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was uh, like I, I think... clap. Thank you. You had me at hello. <laughs> <laughs> this was freaking awesome. So you got a female cyborg, and uh, and 
it just looks like it's going to be a ton of fun. And and again, I vaguely like Misty from Pokemon, though. I just see the potential of the interaction between this character and others. I want to hear her lines. I want to see how she interacts with Claptrap. I want to see all of that stuff. That would be freaking just awesome. Plus, it looks like it might be just a fun play style as well that's way different than what we're used to. Yeah, I think it would be great if she doesn't actually do anything. Like, oh, yeah. she just kind of stands back and lets Death Trap do everything for her. That could be freaking awesome. I think that we need something like that that would be so completely different than the other four classes. And because, again, the other four classes are going to be your main class. So let this just be the weird one that's just absolutely bizarre and yet still has the potential to be powerful and to have a blast with. Go ahead. And then beyond that, the the other stuff they were talking about with the uh, character customization. Oh, yeah. yeah. Before, you could, you know, oh, you could be either green or orange or brown. And now they're giving all kinds of palettes changes and even unlockable pieces pieces of costume bits that you can get for doing missions and challenges that that is just one of those cool things that really shows how much more of a co-op game borderlands 2 is going to be well it's going to be more too that it's showing a lot more attention to the rpg side of it where people want to be able to customize their their characters and make them look how they want and make it be able to identify with them a lot more so yeah no i don't care i'm just going to be a ninja anyways (laughs) <laughs> a ninja in a pink outfit <laughs> instead of black it'll be awesome okay sticking with uh gearbox we also got more news about their other game too about uh aliens colonial marines vince yeah this really uh interested me they they really built upon what we heard previously about just how into the aliens franchise they are making this game like they they are getting every single bit so perfectly planned out. The, the intervening time in the story, like they said, in Aliens, uh, when they ask how long it would take for reinforcements to arrive, the response was 17 days. Well, turns out it's actually been 14 weeks, and things have gotten even worse on the planet. And again, just how much, uh, how true they're being to the IP is just fascinating. And even talking about when they sat down with Ridley Scott. This was, you know, years ago, and, you know, he was, of course, the visionary behind the first Alien movie, and, you know, sat down, talked, hashed out a lot of the plot points that they wanted to do here, and that that meeting was also quite possibly responsible for Ridley Scott deciding to do Prometheus, which is the prequel to Alien. That blows my mind. I am, not me. I mean, again, you're looking at... um... A lot of people are having a lot more respect for games right now in in culture, um, which is obvious when you're seeing all of the Hollywood actors that are being used in a variety of games. So the the meshing is occurring more now. So when you're seeing these, again, when a, when a creator is seeing something that's happening there and it gets their, cre- you know, the, the creativity going and they're thinking, okay, well, I can do something with this now too. And like, I, I, I fully believe it. I can I can see that happening easily. Oh, yeah, sure. It's just for, for, you know, months now, I've been hearing people wondering, you know, why Ridley Scott chose now to come back to do an alien movie. And, well, I guess now we kind of might know. And Lance Henriksen is going to be in the game, right? Yeah, uh, reprising the role of Bishop, although we've seen several variations of Bishop in the uh, alien universe. It'd be interesting to see just... Yeah, well, we're at least getting half of Bishop from the second movie, but <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking there might be another uh, version of him wandering around the planet somewhere during the game, too. I think Why that's not? freaking awesome, because that man's voice was made to be in more things like this, like games and whatnot. I mean, Christ, that voice is awesome. Yeah. Oh, it is, dude. And then, and then you see him, and it's like, that came out of you? <laughs> uh, my <laughs> God. So, yeah, no, again, I, the, the more that we're hearing about this game, the better it's sounding this is actually going to be fun if they can just make it to where it is creepy as shit and scary and not just gross kind of thing then this will be just so much fun to play yeah I, I this is rapidly moving up my list of must play games yeah it's gonna be interesting of course one of the ones that's topping your list now i know <laughs> is freaking dragon's dogma so well, you had a lot to say about this yeah, now that I've finished Reckoning, uh, the next you know game I'm setting my sights on is, of course, Dragon's Dogma coming out next month. And I'm so glad when I sent you guys those videos uh, 
during my week off. You guys just went nuts over it. I love listening to that episode. And I was like cheering. I was like, yeah, <laughs> good job. You did good. You did good, pig. You did good. <laughs> I'm not sure how to respond to that. <laughs> anyway, moving to. on. We've gotten a lot of cool uh, video about the game over the last uh, couple weeks. Uh, we got the uh, the Phantom Troll video, which was just sick, showing off uh, nighttime gameplay. And it shows how much those first round of videos that uh, I sent you guys did not do the game justice. Oh, it's coming a long way. It's definitely yeah. coming oh, a yeah. hell of a long way. All right. You give me, yeah, I'm sorry. Somebody's pounding on the door. Give me a minute. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Hey, it's not me this week. there was a false 911 call and I couldn't hear anything with the headphones on so the police are about to beat down the friggin' door. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> They're like coming in making sure everything's okay and I'm like, whoa, whoa, I, I, I couldn't hear the door. Sorry. <laughs> what the, okay, what was the false call though? What did they say you were doing in there? They, they said they said there was a 911 hang up and I went and I was like, well, nobody was using the phone. <laughs> All right. I had so many comments, but I'm not feeling well enough. Go ahead. Okay. Anyway, uh, we were talking about the trailers <laughs> and how now that we've seen the proper video of the game, not through a grainy recording software, it's just mind-blowing, especially that uh, that one at nighttime. It just it looks fantastic. They also showed off the uh, the undead trailer, and in so many games like this, when you're fighting the undead, you know you get a couple zombies here and there, maybe a skeleton. No, this is straight up Left for Dead style swarms yep. of zombies, and then the lich shows up. <laughs> like it's it's crazy. And then the third one I had here was uh, about like the grabbing mechanics in the game, how. It's so seamless. Like your character will pick up and throw an enemy, and if you happen to throw it in the right direction, your party member will then perform a special attack. Or your ability to jump onto the back and just stab the shit out of the larger enemies. You can it's spider monkey the shit out of somebody's <laughs> face, man. Come on. <laughs> it's just this game is. It's. If they pull it off, <laughs> this could be something cool because we've seen so much in RPGs like this over the last couple of years, uh, Elder Scrolls and then Reckoning coming in and putting this cool gameplay and character building on top of it. And now you just see Capcom as the Japanese developer going, yeah, we could weird that up a little more. <laughs> yeah, really. Dude, and that, okay, that's what caught me about it. The monsters. And I know that like it's one of those things you, you you don't really hear anybody gush about, but their monsters look cool as hell. And they have an awesome chimera. They have an awesome the Hydra scene. The Hydra scene was ridiculous. The Griffin fight. I'm sitting there looking at it like, what? They're fighting a goddamn Griffin? Oh man. Uh, the the just like the the weirdness, but also sort of the way that they fit. But the monsters, like the monsters in Reckoning, were cool. But every single one of these just seems like it fits, and they're just so—they're absolutely amazing. It's not just a random fucking dragon every ten minutes. It's just oh, big monsters, big battles, cool-looking monsters, cool-looking battles. Oh, that—that I'm sold. I'm sold already. <laughs> what I like is that well, what you're saying too—the—the—the the, the, the creatures that are in there fit, and that's one of the things that I had such a problem with Terra. It just like so many of the creatures didn't appear to Out of place. fit, and it was just like this is just too weird. Whereas this, yes, it's out there, but it's within the realm of the Tolkien-esque style fantasy world kind of thing. Like even the Griffin, you look at it, and it's just that griffin is freaking kick-ass like when he just took it down and it was mm -hmm. in flames and you're going like oh my god so the creatures that are in there again they fit within that realm so that it it never feels like it's going to be something that you're going to be going well that doesn't seem right no it just seems like it's going to feel like you're saying i want to kill that because <laughs> it's big and it's in my way 
Yeah, that's kind of what they touched on in this uh, developer diary they put out, too, how they want to make the world look and feel as realistic as possible so that those fantasy elements then seem that much more fantastic. They put a lot of development time into seeing, okay, how does your character or any of the characters react you know, to water, to fire, to to every simple little thing, darkness. And then when they get all those v- small, simple interactions right, then they bring in a freaking dragon or an ogre or some shit. And it just, it's not outrageous. You're like, well, yeah, that just makes perfect sense for there to be a swamp monster right there. <laughs> and I am, well, like you were saying too, like the, the video that we saw initially does not do it justice. Like these videos are... F- like oh my god this looks really 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 good i i i'm just oh, yeah. again wondering how this stayed off our radar for this long because Capcom's good at that this would have been something that we would have been all over right from the get go it's just my god you know, like when you're seeing him fighting the freaking hydra it just looks... Although you're saying, really? You're going to cut a head off? How many freaking movies and, <laughs> and books have we read about this? You should know better. But yeah, like it, it, I day one, I want this. I want to be playing this. See, it's funny. A, a friend of mine has been bugging me at work anytime we're talking about like Skyrim or Reckoning or something for literally months now. He's like, hey, have you heard about that game Dragon something? I was like, oh, yeah, Dragon something. Yeah, that's a great game. It turns out the whole time he's been trying to tell me about this game. <laughs> I think you owe him an apology. <laughs> I'll listen to you but from I, now on. Unless it was Ian. Yeah. In which case, no, don't. No, no. This, this was a slightly more intelligent friend. <laughs> Friggin' Ian logs into Star Wars the other day when when 1.2 first dropped and calls it a tease. Oh, this is just a tease. There's nothing here to do. All the stuff I wanted isn't coming out until 1.3. I'm going, a tease? It takes you three weeks to scroll through the patch notes for what they put in. <laughs> My God. Anyways, moving on. All right. So I actually did a lot of digging uh, because last week week before, I don't know, my weeks are all messed up. Basically the same time PAX was going on, so I guess a week and a half ago, Capcom did their annual Captivate event. Uh, This year it was in Rome. Turns out last year it was in Miami. I wish I had known about that. I would have gone. But yeah, the uh, NDAs and uh, all that stuff lifted on the event. So there was some cool stuff coming out of there, most notably the final player classes. So I had to do some investigating because their website is fundamentally broken. I couldn't get it to work on any browser on any computer. But I managed to get some cool information about the actual playable classes that we're going to be able to expect here. Tell us about them. All right, they're divided into three tiers, basic, advanced, and hybrid. For basic, you have your fighter, your strider, and your mage, warrior, rogue, mage. The fighter is a sword and shield class, you know, built for tanking, can do some offense, but they have quite possibly the coolest move I've seen in an RPG, the fastball special. (laughs) They're able to pick up another character on your team and throw them at an enemy. It's so freaking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Why isn't that in Guild Wars 2? (laughs) You can always tell when a game gets us in that weird little point, because we'll say something and all we can do is giggle about it. Yup, uncontrollable giggles. (laughs) You had me at fastball special. (laughs) Uh, Aside from that, the strider is your rogue class, daggers and bow, also traps. And then your mage is typical spellcaster, offensive spells, defensive spells, buffs, debuffs, and healing. From there, you move into the advanced versions of those three classes, the warrior, the ranger, and the sorcerer. Warrior drops the sword and shield in favor of a two-handed weapon, uh, still capable of being a very defensive class because of their big beefy armor and just sheer indomitable will not to move. Uh, The ranger really goes uh, all out on the bow side of things. Uh, They drop the short bow in favor of a long bow, and they just have all these crazy trick arrows that they can do. And, uh, like tripping and poisons it the, uh, the list goes on and on and then holy crap the sorcerer okay you guys have to go to the dragon's dogma official youtube channel and they have all these little skill videos of various skills in the game and the sorcerer is just sick summoning a tornado in the middle of the battlefield or uh, the-, the earthquake levitating one come on no 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 the meteor shower where it's not just oh a big rock falling from the sky no you see the meteor streaking in from mm-hmm. the horizon and as it comes in it hits the giant griffin they're fighting knocks it out of the air and then all the melee characters are able to jump on and start stabbing it I what got, got me what got me about the spells and and this is 
I got to gush about the spell casting real quick here, just just for a couple seconds, and I'll I'll go back. But these are every single spell I'm seeing are like the classic D and D spells amplified and done exactly as we imagine them when we were like kids in our you know the basements playing with pen and paper like like you said like the meteor and the tornadoes and the fireballs and everything else did you see the haste that they had like the celerity effect oh my god you see the mage cast celerity on the damn rogue and the rogues is like (laughs) shadow images of himself like going all over the place and like just wrecking things and daring i'm like i'm sitting i'm like Oh damn! 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 Well, did you just it see was... actually the what they were showing just now too that I've got it on? You throw, you pummel somebody, mm-hmm. an NPC, and then you throw it towards your companion who hits it as it's on the way ground yes. <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> like this is, I'm there. He's doing it again. Son of a bitch! This is the kind of dynamic um, battle too Party that play. like we've been wanting for a long time now. This is. Again, I, I see Guild Wars 2 in this, except in, in single-player kind of thing. But, like, this is going to be freaking awesome. Or even building on that, and then one of the other videos, like the mage-type character, where his attack was he lit himself on fire and then jumped on the back of the enemy. Who thinks of this? Go big or go home, man. Yep. Gamers. <laughs> gamers, dude. This is who thinks of it. This is this is how yeah. you can tell. These are like real gamers that are like, wouldn't it be like they're sitting at a table late at night. And they're like, wouldn't it be cool if the mage just lit himself on fire and just like bear hug the shit out of something? Wouldn't that be awesome? Or, you know, they, you, this is stuff that we would come up with, you know, sitting around like with having beers. and like, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this? And then they went ahead and said, yes, it would be cool. So we're going to go ahead and do this. <laughs> And then just to round out, we also have the hybrid classes, which are actually limited to the playable character uh, called the Arisen. And those are your Mystic Knight, which is a warrior sorcerer. They can use either a sword or a mace, as well as just this big-ass shield. And I mean big. It's freaking huge. And what's cool about them is they are like your super support role. They can, they're the only class capable of buffing the entire party at once instead of one person at a time. And what's cool is they can actually put these crazy enchantments on their shield and then just wade into battle and just start shield bashing people and causing fire explosions and ice sick. The magic archer is your ranger sorcerer. Pretty much as you would imagine, they take their spells and they shoot them out of arrows. But the uh, magic archer is the only class in the game that's capable of locking on to their enemies. So you lock on, you fire your arrow, you you move on to the next target. It's fire and forget. So they showed like these multiple lock-ons where he was targeting like five or six parts of this one troll at once, launching one arrow, and it turns to this huge volley that hits every spot at once. Insane. And then finally you have the assassin, which is your ranger warrior hybrid that they bring everything to the battlefield. This is like freaking Ezio <laughs> that we got here. Swords, <laughs> daggers, bows, shields, explosives, poisons, stealth. It, if you want to kill shit and kill it well, the assassin is definitely for you. I I know. I'm all about that. Oh, I'm all yeah. about that. Jesus. <laughs> Magic archer, man. I Every one of the classes is one of the ones that I'm thinking, that's the one that I want to concentrate on. No, that's <laughs> the one that I want to play this game wanna, three that, times. Oh, my God. Kidney candy store. See, again, this is where I keep going back to, though. Still, my one concern is going to be how long is the game going to hold us for? And that boils down to what is the questing and what are the stories going to be? If those can hold us, then yes, I will play it a couple of times over. But if it can't hold us, then forget it. Well, they, they've they've talked about actually a new game plus, which is taking your traditional concept of new game plus to the next level. You are carrying everything through until the next game. There are actual quests where like they'll ask you to collect, you know, six of an item, but there's only four of them in the entire game. So you actually have to finish it your second time through. You bring your four with you, grab another two, and then you can finally turn into that quest. So New Game Plus is going to be a, a huge uh, replay factor in this game. Yeah, I like that. I, I Did they say also whether or not you're going to be able to use the same pawns um, on various alts? I, as far as like you're, you're only going to be able to make one on each character. Yes, but, then... but if you want to level one of your own pawns that's on another oh. character, then it would be great if you could just take them along with you. 
one would assume, although uh, pawns actually don't gain experience when they're off of somebody else. They gain knowledge and they gain the rift crystals, but they don't gain any uh, actual experience. Well, tomato, tomato, you know what I mean. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. Like, it, 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 I'm sure it's possible. I don't know how exactly how they're handling the account character or what have you, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Because uh, actually, they just announced today the demo drops next week. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll be all over that. So guess what I we're talking about going. next week? <laughs> when next week is that dropping? Uh, 24th, somewhere around there, depending on uh, either PS3 or 360. So Tuesday, Wednesday, somewhere in that area. Yeah. You're both getting it for the 360? I will be. Probably. Yeah. Okay, well, if we pick them up on the same ones, we'll be able to share our pawns, so that'd be awesome. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the pawns would be cross-platform. Because oh, it's I'd just character very, data. Yeah, I don't know about yeah, that. That's that's always that sketchy, yeah. you know, kind of gray in between area. And just since it's Capcom, it's entirely possible the PS3 version may be better. So I'm I'm gonna do some research before it actually comes out. True, true. Yeah. Well, let us know because I definitely I'll pick it up which, on whichever ones you guys are, and then at least we'll be able to play together, share our pawns and yeah. stuff like that. Okay. Anything else with it? Uh, that. I think that's good enough for Dragon's Dogma tonight. Okay, yeah. No, dude. <laughs> it's We'll be it's, talking about it a lot more, I think. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I'm just really hopeful that it, it has the 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 questing and lore to back yeah. up the amazing gameplay that we're seeing. Because really, the gameplay and graphics are nothing short of amazing. So, okay. Let's talk a little bit about Fez, which I had no freaking clue what this is. Until I click the link. So, Joe, I'll let you tackle this. All right. I Everybody who knows me knows that I have a, a big fondness for indie games. And Fez it qualifies in that, that sort of same spot as Braid and Bastion and Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet, which will be coming out on the 17th of the PC. Um, Fez is an awesome adventure platforming game that does something kind of nifty. You can actually change perspective. Like it's it's essentially a 3D game flattened to 2D at any point in time, and you can completely spin the world. And I it was just that's what caught me about the game is it was just such a a unique way to basically troubleshoot these problems and and, and solve these puzzles uh, that it just it added such a nice little new flair to. You know, side-scrolling adventure than what we've seen before. And it's, you know, the same sort of, you know, 8-bit uh, graphics that we've come to kind of expect from some of the stuff like Super Meat Boy and the same type of, of character sprite art. But it's just the puzzles really just kind of... Uh, that's what got me. Like, just the way that you can spin the world, the way that you can just explore in such a new and interesting way and how you have to do it uh, in order to find certain things and get onto the next next place, or sometimes even just survive. And uh, there's a video where it shows about seven seven minutes or so of just like condensed gameplay footage, but it's actual gameplay footage of somebody going through, and it's just it's an absolute joy to watch, and it just looks absolutely stunning. See, I had actually heard about it, uh, you know, when the reviews were coming out like Wednesday, Thursday last week. So I actually downloaded it this weekend, and Ooh. Yeah, the the style it has, it it's it does a lot of things phenomenally right and it just feels so cool and it's a unique way of doing the gameplay and the puzzle solving. Personally, I had a few issues. Uh like that like they showed in that review, many of the puzzles are I don't know if you can even call them puzzles because puzzle involves there's a hint. <laughs> like at every every person yeah, i know who's actually, who's who's actually solved the puzzles honestly it's been more on accident than by actually figuring some of the stuff out and the level design like each level itself is fantastic but at least for me like because you'll go through a door and you'll pop out on the other side of the map on a completely different level and at least personally it it was very difficult for me to just to keep track of where the hell i am like oh i I got lost very easily in game. Now, it could be because I was playing it at like 1.30 in the morning. I, I might go back and give it another shot this weekend. But um, it does a lot of stuff really cool. But there are just some fundamental design issues that, for me personally, just didn't quite work. See, for me, I'm a little more forgiving about that, I guess, just because of the... Uh, 
there there's always going to be those little quirks in those games. There's there's little tiny tidbits of, you know, like the vampire smile that I didn't like or that were a little bit off. And, and I don't want to say that it's just sort of like the curse of the indie game, but there's always that little something. And Fez definitely does has have that as well. And, and I think you hit the nail on it because I know a lot of people were saying the same thing. There are a lot of puzzles that seem a little, um, yeah, they, they're not obvious at all. They're not even close to obvious. Um, but even still, like, I I really enjoy it. Yeah, what what it does, it does phenomenally well. I would just prefer a little tighter level design personally. Yeah. But it, it's by no means a bad game. Okay, let's move on from there. Actually, we've only got time for one more thing. Joe, I'll let you pick which one you want to talk about. Oh, goodness. Goodness gracious. <laughs> uh, um, damn. All right, well, that's all the time we got. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Uh, I guess the the only the other one that I was actually kind of really excited for was uh, the possibility of God of War, a new God of War. And I know it sounds really, really? S- kind of yes, actually I like the God of War series quite a bit. Um, I like the I, first one. I like the first one. I like the handheld ones. I like the third one. Second one I can take or leave. But I there there's there've been kind of teasing lately that there might actually be another game, and I'm kind of excited about that because they've been redoing. Um, the handheld ones into platforms, re- remastering them and, and bringing them up so that they can be played on the PlayStation 3. And I, I don't know. I like It's just one of those things. Like I've always enjoyed the the IP. I've enjoyed the mindless bashing every now and then. And I like the story and the the uh, sort of sarcastic anti-hero that he is and the just anger that he has. It's just awesome. You I don't can know. just relate like... to the anger. That's all it is. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, no. Rage. I mean, I can... F- I can actually flip tables in game and it rewards me for flipping tables in game. I mean, how can I not like it? But no, it, 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 I was kind of intrigued that they might actually be doing uh, another game in the series because they have said nothing about it at all. Yeah, but it's not really surprising that there's going to be a sequel. Yeah, they, it, they've it's kind probably. Of, that's like you said. It's probably going to be a Vita one. The, the ones where they're saying, like, ooh, there's going to be there's the rumors of a new Super Mario 4 and, and Zelda. Well, of course they're going to be making more. Oh, of course. They, that's the whole thing. So the God of War, it's like I fully expect that they're going to continue to... To, to, uh, to milk. To, yeah, to keep making those games. Oh, that's see, fine. That's that's the cue there for us to stop because I am i can't find words. <laughs> <laughs> my, All my, out. My, that's my, the end of the dictionary. Yeah, my, my two hours of sleep is catching up to me. So we're going to wrap it up with that. So thanks to everybody who joined us. And, of course, the show will be out in a couple of days. And uh, we will have uh, another episode Monday next week on time. And pretty soon we may be changing our time up, but for the better, hopefully. And uh, with that, of course, if you need to reach us, we are on For The Lore on Twitter and for the lore at gmail.com if you want to email anything. Thanks, and we'll talk to you guys later. See, even terrible freaking ending. I can't. I'm. I'm uh, 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 you've had worse. Uh, you've had much worse. Hardly. All right. That's it. Imperial Intelligence Report 7835. We've been contacted by a member of the Dark Council to prepare a report on a rapidly rising Sith Lord, the newly named Darth Ryar Samodian, his allies, and those who could be used against him. Darth Ryar first drew the attention of Imperial Intelligence when he was the leader of a band of marauders raiding colonies on the outskirts of Imperial space. The group remained successful for a number of years due in no small part to the battlefield heroics of their leader, which we can now attribute to his latent force sensitivity. Hoping to bring a quiet end to their activities, we inserted one of our spies in the organization. Agent Orem was able to lead Ryar into an ambush, and with him removed, Imperial forces were able to make quick work of his followers. Orem lost an eye in the altercation, but cybernetics have repaired and even improved his vision. Agent Orem knows Darth Ryar better than any living Imperial, but I would rather keep them separate for now, as Orem is of far too much importance to the Empire to lose at this juncture. While execution should have awaited Ryar, his force abilities caught the eye of then-Lord Zash, sparing his life and setting him on the path to power. On his way to killing multiple Darths, Ryar gathered several apprentices and followers, and even a small cult on Nar Shaddaa. None of these should represent much of a threat, though rumors of a Dashad trouble many of the Sith Lords. What I find more troubling is the latest prize Darth Ryar has set his sights on, a young pureblood named Braithus. 
If Braithus proves as strong in the Force as his instructors at the Academy claim, this could give Ryar an even more solid foothold in Sith society. At this point, Darth Ryar Samodian is indeed building a power base for himself, but currently presents no more threat to the Empire than any other Sith Lord. Imperial Intelligence Report 7835A Addendum to Previous Report Intelligence indicates Darth Ryar Samodian may have contacts in Republic space. A further investigation of Agent Orem's debriefing contains rumors of a young Radataki woman spending a great deal of time with Ryar. It stands to reason they were intimate before she suddenly ran off with Ryar's second-in-command. However, it would appear this is more than a simple love triangle. Interrogations of some of the Darth's former allies have resulted in the truth coming out. The woman was pregnant with Ryar's child. Not wanting to raise the child in such an environment, she convinced Ryar's lieutenant to take her to the Republic, seeking asylum. Not much is known about what happened to the woman, perhaps she died in childbirth. However, her companion started a new life, even raising a son of his own. The two boys grew up together, with the younger Ralikan joining the Republic military, even earning a commission in the prestigious Havoc Squad. And reports of Arataki training to be a Jedi are simply too much of a coincidence to ignore. If Darth Ryar were to find out he had a son, and that son was a Jedi, an alliance could prove disastrous to the Empire. Darth Ryar and the Samodian legacy are definitely a threat to security, and will merit close observation indeed. No. Why, why would I be laughing at you? You guys better be interesting tonight, because <laughs> at some point you'll hear clunk. That'll be my head hitting the mic falling asleep. Okay. Holy crap in hell. Dude. Oh my god, this is ridiculous. Was that a snort, or did your head just hit something? <laughs> no, that was... I don't know what that was. You can look it over tomorrow, and if you feel you need some more added, go for it. It's your show. I am not buttoning. <clears throat> What's that? I'm trying to be nice no. and encouraging here. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? I just find the thought of you saying you're not going to butt in hilarious. And why would that be? Careful. You're that I am insulted <laughs> mildly about it <laughs> bastard be nice so you could do this interview I have faith in you what do I get Mocked. there's been a noticeable improvement of the quality of the show notes ever since Joe stopped doing it <laughs> <laughs>